In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the owners grouping. Test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Live on TojiNet. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, as usual, my co-host, psychic investigator for the New England Ghost Project, my sidekick. Don't even go there, because <laughs> I am not your... Queen of pain, Marie Wood. What do you mean you're not hey, my sidekick? Partner in crime, maybe, at times, but not sidekick. So what's so derogatory about sidekick? I don't know. When you know, Ryan gets on, let's ask him how nice it feels. You know, Toronto, you know, Tonto and the Masked Tonto, Man. I don't think, I don't. Yeah, you, you're part Indian, aren't you? Excuse me, Navy uh, Murray. Really? Really? You better just watch it. I'm funny. thinking that, that's kind of good, you know, sidekick. I don't think so. Yeah. Hi-yo, Silva. You mean like karate sidekick? Because no, I can I do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I now, not now, now. but I can eventually. <laughs> so anyways, uh, welcome to another edition of the Ghost Chronicles. The number here is 877-864-4869. Or join us live in the Toji Net chat room. What in God's name was that? Toji. Togi. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we have a really great show today. Oh, by the way, uh, I've added a new class with the Circles of Wisdom. You know, we have some classes coming up uh, in a couple of months. Yeah. We have ghost hunting. Right. Uh, we have voices of the spirit communication. We do. Uh, signs, messages from beyond. Yes, we do. And I added a new one last night. Pray tell. Demonology 101. Are you kidding me? Demonology 101. Wow. So. You're evil. <coughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I am. We are really, really lucky to have a, a really great guest tonight because I, I'm telling you, I wouldn't even be ghost hunting if it wasn't for this guy. Um, he's the mysterious Brian the Monk. Brian, are you there? Yes, I am. What a lead in! Hey, Brian, how are you? Not bad for an old man. <laughs> hey, be oh. careful with that demonology. You're getting into some dangerous territory. Thank you, Brian. Wait a minute. If, if you notice, I said Demonology 101, which is... If what? It, would you read it? It, it just says... It's 101 great. is run for it. <laughs> yeah, don't get it. Or from it. <laughs> run from it. And, and no one knows that more than you, uh, So who would be teaching Brian? this class? I would be. Okay, have fun with that one. It's a basic demonology oh, course. Gosh, we're going to go. We're going to go into all the basics. We're going to go into you know what are history. Demons, what are demons and devils? Right. I mean, yeah. are we on the way to Armageddon, or is this just another? I mean, because you right, realize. Right. Wait a minute. You realize. Yeah, opening up a can of worms. Wait, you realize 
that the Vatican has rewritten the Book of Exorcism in 1999. Right. right. Why is that? Well, I don't know. I think it's getting escalating and getting out of hand. So they they uh, went out and they're actually trying to hire a few more guys that they can, you know, or teach, instruct a few more people that can do exorcisms, right? Well, I understand. there are five or six forms of it, and the lit- liturgy matters less. The format of liturgy matters less than the intent or what is conveyed in the liturgy. That's what matters really? most of all. Yeah. Um, the liturgy is, is, for example, the Eastern Orthodox Church has a different liturgy. works just the same. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but the most important thing to remember in demonology are the rules of the game. There are unwritten rules that, that uh, you won't know unless you break one. No one tells you oh, this. <laughs> and you don't want to be the first to find out, right? You don't want to be the first to find out. That's right. You have to be very careful. You've got to be a person of faith, actually. To, uh, and, then, and I don't doubt Ron's faith. I don't doubt Ron's faith. But anyone that you teach um, should be very mindful and very careful um, that if they get involved in that kind of thing or hunting down demons, they better right. be very strong in their faith. Well, and, no, it's no. Now you get. That's the thing. It's it's not a course on how to hunt demons. It's to identify them, ways to protect yourself. Oh well, that's very good. That's, that's very good. It, you didn't. You weren't specific on that, Ron. Well, you never really gave me a chance, did you? Well, saying demonology one hundred and one just kind of leaves it out there and open, doesn't no, it? Well, I would get. It, was, it, it leaves it open, but it makes you think of this couple down in Connecticut, the Warrens, that. Uh, claim to be demonologists and uh yeah there are, are a lot of those out there now this is a I, I i don't know if you've been away from ghost hunting for a while brian but no. uh that's the hottest thing right now is everybody has their own demonologist aboard which scares the crap out of me no offense well some of these folks that i see on tv really make me chuckle because you know that i've been to a number of these events <laughs> so so uh, so i have to chuckle when when I see a film crew and all this, it's easy to walk in anywhere when you got 20 guys behind you. But when you do it like, you know, I did or we did, which is one person or two persons. Mano a mano. Mano a mano. It's a little different ball game. Uh, some of the hauntings I see on TV, uh, they, they tried the same path, all of them. And uh, there are a lot of untapped ones out there that are very, very, you know, much more intense than anything depicted in the media. Um, you know what, what, what kind of um, interests me is there are a lot of people up there calling themselves demonologists who are ex-Catholic church, uh, church members. You know, they're into some uh, breakaway sect, and, uh, you know, they just go around and uh, they've made a name for themselves now of doing this thing. Well, yeah, but, but if, they ever, uh, if they ever wind up in, against the real thing, if they ever wind up against the real thing, remember you can lose not just your life but your soul as well. Um, yeah, you know, and how do you do that? It's it's because yeah. they pridefully think that they've got something going, and they 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 pick assignments based on what they perceive as the safety of the assignment. But I can tell you that I know of at least one priest who died. Uh, he died a very holy death, but uh, the day he did the exorcism. The thing told him through the possessed person I will be back for your soul one year from this day and one year to the day 
he died at age 32 of, a, of cancer. But he died a very yeah. holy death. So he didn't lose his soul. But uh, that was a, a remarkable... You'll never see that one depicted in the movies because it defies... The stuff that went on just defies belief. It's beyond well, I mean, what seeing the exorcist. You know, we, we, are, we got right into talking with you, Brian, but I think we should probably identify yeah, you and... uh, to our listeners. Oh, uh, Brian, I'm sorry. No, no, Brian, <laughs> Brian, Brian is a Franciscan monk. Uh, he is also a great uh, ghost photographer. He's uh, a lot of his work can be seen in uh, all of um, Bob Cahill's books, uh, like Haunted Happenings, and there's uh, several others. Uh, so you're on both sides. You, I mean, you photograph them and you deal with them. Well, yeah, that's true. And I uh, and I'll tell you a very interesting story about Bob Cahill later on when you when you when you're ready for it. Uh, uh-huh. But at any rate, uh, yeah, I'm still ghost hunting. I'm down here in Arizona, and I plan on coming back to the Northeast this spring. To do some Are you ghost- really? Yeah, yeah, I, I plan on it sometime between March and May. I want to make well, a trip. Well, definitely, we, we're going to hitch up. Well, I want to hitch, hitch, hitch up with you and Maureen and show you some some really good places where we can do some really good photography. And, uh, okay. and uh there's other things to talk about in that regard as well, but we can do some real good photography, as promised. Uh, any photographs I get, you're at liberty to use. It's amazing. I mean, the first time I met you, you know, I mean, you got to realize that this is way back in my early days, and and as Maureen knows, I wasn't a real big believer in uh, you know a lot of this stuff. And uh, when I went out and I saw some of the pictures you took, I mean, I was, I mean, I was fabulous. Flabbergasted to me. There you go. <laughs> Maybe but, I am your sidekick. Yeah, I'm translator. And I remember, by the way, you got excused if you hear a dog barking. That's all right. That, we've got one here, too. <laughs> the, the, uh, but I remember that Maureen's an Arapaho. Do you remember that she's an Arapaho? Arapaho what? Arapaho. Uh, it's actually... It's I knew she was a ho, but... Uh, <laughs> You're a Rappahoe, oh, aren't you? Oh, my God. Well, it's actually, I found out since uh, we discussed, I did a little bit more research in the family and found out that it's Mohawk. Mohawk? Yeah. Mohawk, oh, that's excellent. Yeah. yeah. I'm very so, fond of them. I, I was born in the middle of the Mohawk country in New York State. Really? Yeah. Uh, Hunter, New York. And it's formerly the borderline between the Mohawk and the Mohican country. So someday maybe I'll make you a set of Mohawk moccasins. I'm very good at uh, making oh, that, moccasins of different tribes. Yeah, as we know. As that we would know. be great, yeah, because I remember when we had visited at your home, you had all the porcupine quills and the beads, and you were doing some work at the time, right? Yeah, every time yeah as a matter over, of fact, I just finished a set of crow moccasins for myself. Yeah, every time you went over there, there was the one thing you could count on. Well, actually, there was three things you could count on. Uh, <laughs> Judith serving coffee. Uh, Brian, with all his Indian stuff out there, American beef, right? yeah, whatever, <laughs> and of course the cigarettes, <laughs> of course, which I'm puffing on right now. There you go. <laughs> but that was it. Uh, we've actually had a lot of great adventures with you, if you want to call them adventures. <laughs> um, but I mean, I remember the the one in uh, Newburyport. Oh. With, with, remember that one? Yeah. With the skunk. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah I, I'm I thinking felt so of the one. How did you make out with that, by the way? I don't know. No, it must have taken you forever. You know how you had a skunk underneath your, your porch? 
Oh, yeah. Cut you off? How, did <laughs> it, how long did that last in the house? Oh, not... Excuse me one second. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. We went out because uh, there was actually someone... He who went out. He, he, uh, we, we, uh, because they were having problems with those right. stuff. Right. And then we... You know, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things going What I was thinking of is the place in Topsfield that we shot that showed rooms as they no longer appear today. You remember that? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, it showed a living room about. like it was 300 years ago. Yes. And, I still have uh, those photos, by the way. They're awesome. The, uh, but anyway, I, I will tell you, if you want to hear a good demon story, I'll tell you one. That would be good. I was never, through all the adventures I've had, I've never been frightened of anything, man, beast, or spirit, except once. And that was when yeah. I was tw- 20 years old, and I was so frightened, so frightened that if I think of it now, I get just as frightened as I did then. And that wow. was, I was living in New Mexico, and I was a deputy sheriff, and I was just 19 or 20. And uh, I used to goof off on the job, so instead of patrolling, I'd drive my car out into the desert and just conk out for the night. So this one night, I drove out into the desert in, in a place where nobody could have found me. <laughs> and there was a, a short rise next to the car with an old wrecked adobe. Um, and I thought, this is a perfect spot. And I, I just cranked the seat back, <laughs> and I, I started checking my eyelids for cracks. <laughs> and all of a sudden, behind the car, I heard a thump. And it was a very loud thump. It must have been maybe 30 feet, maybe more behind the car. But it was so loud. It was as if a house, something the size of a house had feet on it, was coming up the trail behind the car. And it went thump, thump, thump. So I turned my my head out the window and I said, who's there? <laughs> Hoping to hear a human voice. And it stopped for a second, and then started again, thump, thump, very slowly. So I turned on the spotlight and turned the spotlight back on it, and there was nothing there. But the, but the ground actually shook, and the car shook. No. So uh-huh. I, I said, you better identify yourself, or I'm going to open fire. And the thumping continued, and I pulled out my gun. And I, and I figured, I'm getting out of here. I don't know what this thing is, but I'm getting out of here. And I, uh, I fired two rounds just <laughs> out behind the car. And it stopped for a second, and then it started in. Uh, and when I went to start the car, it did the classic thing out of a horror film. It went, <laughs> And then the, the engine turned over, and then I had to creep my way out of there because I was, a, I was in sand. Oh, so, you, so if you slammed the the, the the gas pedal, you wouldn't have gone any place. And exactly. as I was driving away, I heard the thumping get much louder and much faster. Thump, 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 thump behind the car. And I just drove away. And I, I, I honestly thought I was going to have a heart attack. That's how frightened I was. And wow. I'll never forget it to the longest day I live. Now, what it was, I have no clue. But I... You know, my suspicion is that it was something demonic. When, when something raises the hairs on the back of your neck, it isn't mm. Santa Claus. Right, you know? yeah. 
so uh, so that's my demon story. That, that the the only time I've ever been frightened in my life. You know, one of the most uh, I think rewarding cases that uh, I ever worked on was that house that you and I uh, dealt with up in uh, Derry, New Hampshire. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I, uh, let, me, let me set that up. You, you mean the restaurant? No, no. This, no, you did good there. But uh, <laughs> this, um, this was a house built in the 1700s by a, a couple um, whose parents went to my church. And, oh, yeah, uh, now I remember. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wonder I'll, how I'll, they made I'll, out in the end. Let me, let me set this up, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. But anyways, uh, um, we, I was contacted by them. I said, Ron, you still doing your ghost thing? I said, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm doing it. I said, well, you, you got to hear from my uh, daughter. You're having a lot of problems. I said, yeah, whatever. Okay, sure. I'm here. Here's, here's where I am. So nothing went by. You know, weeks went by, and apparently I saw him in church again. And they, they came up there, and they said, Ron, you're going to hear from me. Yeah, he says, you told me that I haven't heard. You'll hear from him. And sure enough, I got a call tonight. Uh, that night, and so, anyways, uh, they told me that they had all these things. And the house was from the 1700s. They had uh, found a bone in the wall because they were doing renovations. They put another story on it. They just had a baby. That's right. Um, they, they had this orange chemically smell coming out of their, their closet on the second floor. Uh, the baby's toys were moving and everything else, um, and, all, and all this other stuff. So we went up there with the, the regular team. Brian, you weren't with us at that time, and uh, they had all their friends there. It was like a party. And we went down, and we, we got the only thing we got was a black shadow coming out of the closet and going into the baby's room. But that was it. I mean, but it was like a party. They had so many people there. It was awful. So after it was over, I, I, I took them aside and I said, well, if you're really serious about dealing with whatever's here, I said, let me come back with Brian, just him and I, and if your parents want to be there, and you and your husband, and that's it. We don't want anybody else. And so I made an appointment with him, and you and I went back there. And I thought it was Simply amazing. I mean, we went upstairs, Brian, you were taking shots and everything else. And uh, you, you said, this, you know, it's nothing to do with the bone in the wall. There, there's no spirit or attached to the land or house or anything. He says it's really demonic and it's not, uh, you know, it's the baby that they want. And so sure enough, you went to them and they said, and asked them if their baby was baptized. And they said no. And then I'll let you take it from there. Subsequently, I think the baby was baptized. Um, I told them to call me. Night. I told them, as a matter of fact, yeah, we did. But yeah. I told them to call me uh, if they had any repeated event, regardless of what hour of the night it was. And sure enough, they'd wind up calling me two or three times. That yeah. this odor was—they woke up with this terrific odor, with the bed shaking, and uh, yep. and we prayed together over the phone, and it went away. And it was yeah. an object lesson in that for them, in that. You don't need a magician to get rid of these things. All you need is faith. And uh, when they saw that they could pray over the phone with me, they learned that they could also do it themselves. Right. So I, after, mean, I, 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 I encouraged them to go back to the church, and the baby, yeah, we, we took I, I care see, of that I see night. the child all the time, and she's doing great. But the thought about it is uh, they, wouldn't, they couldn't get that baptism registered in there. So they had to redo it? They didn't redo it as far as I know. I mean, you can only get baptized once, correct? That's right, you can. But if the church doesn't accept it, then you have to go with what the church says, which is do it again. Oh, I'll have to look into that further. But I think I wrote I something out, baptized uh, on this date, 
as an emergency baptism. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was we all signed it. I remember that the parents was there, and you know, and you notified them that, at that time. And uh, and that, since then, uh, nothing has happened. I, like I said, I see the child all the time, who's you know grown quite a bit. <laughs> since well, you know, I'm surprised the church took that line because I did an exorcism in New Hampshire. Right. <laughs> which wound up, I, I, I had unbelievable proof that went with that one. And uh, the church took it very seriously and registered in the bishop's office in Manchester. It was Bishop O'Neill at the time. And it was right. a, a Maronite Catholic uh, who had stuff going on in their house. And the picture I got was of a being with pointed ears and uh, you name it. It fitted all the descriptions of the devil. A serpentine face with uh, serpent eyes, the works. Got that on film. I, I consider that like the piece de resistance of all the pictures I've ever taken. Incidentally, you both have an invite from me to come on down here to do some ghost hunting because you want to see ghosts. This is the place. Really? I'm just, uh, does it? I'm just at, oh my God. It's, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, Why would I, ghosts hang out in the desert? I mean, wouldn't well, you? Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, I live outside a tombstone in the desert. Everyone's mm. heard of tombstone, yeah. but outside a tombstone, you know, they had the guys from Taps that went up to tombstone and they did what right. what's known as the birdcage theater. And yeah, it's haunted and everything. It's very predictable, but they avoided this place out in the desert. That's the real rock and roll spot of tombstone. It's a place called Brunkhouse Cabin. And Brunkhouse uh-huh. Cabin was built by silver, silver miners in 1857. Uh, and the miners, whoever tried to mine the place, was killed by the Apaches. So that there are, it's an old wrecked adobe with 22 people buried there, at least 22. 22 they can yeah. account for. And if you go there any hour of the night, I guarantee you'll see you'll see things like you've never seen. There was a bunch of high school kids that decided to stake the place out, and they went there with a video camera. And all of a sudden, at three o'clock in the morning, which is like the magic hour for for hauntings, they saw a woman in a period dress, a green dress, walk right in front of the camera and smile and wave to them with her fingers. Uh, the kid with the camera and the others all saw her uh, with the naked eye or with the camera. And any night that you go there, uh, it's, things happen. You'll, you'll see things, you'll hear things. One night I, I took a friend up there just to show them, and the whole car wound up enveloped in smoke. Not from the car, just yeah. smoke that seemed to come out of the ground. So that's one area, and we have another one called Mormon Crossing, where there's the classic uh, guy, the guy all dressed in black. <laughs> He's like out of Poltergeist, all dressed oh, in no. black with a with a black dog, and both of them have red eyes. Oh. And, and you're guaranteed. I'll I'll be happy to take you down there. You're guaranteed <laughs> that you will run smack face into him on your first attempt. Really? Wow. Those are only hey, two Juan, places. Maybe we should go down there before you have to do your demonology class. <laughs> We're trying to tell you more. <laughs> this is, no, this is, believe me, you come down here, I'll send you home loaded with stuff. You could write a book just about this place. 
Funny you mention book. Oh. <laughs> As you know, uh, Ghost Chronicles, the book, is coming out in September next year. Is that so? Yep, so we're really, really excited. Uh, we have a publisher. You going to autograph it for me? Of course. Of course, absolutely. You, you going to charge you know me? You're in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know you're in it. <laughs> uh, am I in it? You are in it. Oh, good. Are you going to use some of my shots? Uh, we haven't, we haven't, as far as pictures, it hasn't been determined. The publisher does that and not us. So they, they determine we can, uh, offer some, but they make the final determination on that. Okay. We actually have a uh, question from the chat room. It seems like one of the chicks in there wants to know how old you are. One of the chicks? Yeah, the chicks. <sighs> wants to know how old I am? Yeah. I'm 58. Get out. Yeah. You're a young 58. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm pretty good for an old man. I, I just, uh, I used to be a model. I was a double for a, uh, a Russian dancer and we still look alike. Does a anybody want to? What? I don't even, I don't even want to go there. No, anyone who wants to know how old dancer? I am, what I look like, cause that's who I look like. I actually have a picture of you, one of the few. Yeah. Do you know that? It was good preserving this air of mystery all this while. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm 58, folks. And, yeah. uh, well, you don't sound like 58, dude. Some 15-year-old uh, said that. Well, you now, and I... I have to ask... You yeah. sound like you're 30. Well, see that? Is that what cigarettes do? No, that's all that hard living. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But, Foul women, but anyway. smoke. Oh, jeez. <laughs> But uh, I know we're coming up from the break, but uh, you, why don't we, before we uh, get through, could you just say, tell us how you got into, uh, you know, ghost photography? I mean, for instance, you are a Franciscan monk. Yeah, I, I uh, joined what's actually, I'm not a monk, actually. I'm what's called a tertiary. I belong to the Third Order of St. Francis. And yeah, I was a is. novice at the time, and I was doing a paper on unwholesome attachments to the occult that people had, and I went out with infrared film to prove that there were no such things as ghosts. And, uh, and you know, the, my first time out, I got seven of them on film, and I became obsessed with these photos to the point where I just carried them everywhere. I just could not believe, having a 20th century mind, that these things were real. But they were real. And uh, that's so I, after the first sojourn, I went out and did it again and again and again, to see uh, if I could explain any of these pictures, which I could not explain. And I never failed to get them on film, and I still don't fail to get them on film. As a matter of fact, I ha I'm getting them on regular film now. I don't even have to... They quit making infrared film. But right. I'm having no problem getting them on regular film, too. And by the way, digital cameras have infrared capabilities, if anyone's interested out there. Well, so, they, they have... Uh, when you say in infrared capabilities, uh, I mean, you're talking about shooting in the back. Yes, a lot of them can do that. But do they uh, photograph the same? Photograph the same, right? Do they photograph in the infrared range, which is totally different? Yeah, they do. And what you have to do is get special filters. That's all you got to do. Mm -hmm. So it's good yeah, to get a high quality, uh, high quality digital for between three and four hundred dollars and get the filters. Canon actually made an infrared digital camera 
and the only difference is that the the uh, they put a piece of glass inside the camera as opposed to outside on a filter. Okay, Brian, I'm sorry, but we're going to take a break right now, so okay. if you'll hang on, we're going to take a short break. You'll listen to Ghost Chronicles live with Marlene Wood and Ron Kolick and Brian the Monk. We'll be right back after the following messages. You still there? Mind Matters is the show that dares to ask what's on your mind. Take this opportunity to join Dr. Larry Ross, clinical psychologist, and Joan Duhane, licensed clinical social worker, as they combined have over 50 years of experience in dealing with your mind. Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Toginet Radio. Hi, this is Elizabeth Foley of Divine Healing, and join me for the Phoenix Hour. Tips and tools for personal and spiritual transformation on TojiNet every Wednesday from 4 to 5, beginning January 9th. Listen live to the most outstanding names in metaphysics as well as some new emerging personalities in the spiritual community. Each Wednesday on TojiNet.com, there will be straight talk exploring various metaphysical theories, beliefs, healing modalities, and tools for personal and spiritual transformation. Join me as we explore not only angels, but everything else under the stars. Be the phoenix, forever changing and transforming, Every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. and see you then. That he can get it. We're back. Hello. Yeah, we're back. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles. <laughs> Sorry about that. Ghost, Ghost Chronicles Live. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. With Ron Cohen and Marvin Wood, and our very special guest is Brian the Monk. Yeah, hope we, we are can. back now. Hope we can do this again sometime. And I really would like you to come down to the Southwest. It would yeah, be great. I and I am going to make it up there and. and uh, Oh, definitely. And we'll do some sites together that have not been done that are extremely good. Okay. So I, basically I want to talk a couple of stories about uh, Bob Cahill. Uh, first of all, a couple of stories while he was living, and, and then I think you have an interesting story as well. Yes, I so, do. So uh, I remember uh, one particular story about uh, – you and him, and he took some pictures of something somewhere, and he put them in his pants pocket. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah, that was the, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was in Canada, the Athurst Horror or something like that. It was a, an exorcism from the last century. That The house was so possessed, the house itself, that it had to be torn down, demolished. And... Uh, Bob Cahill went up there with a couple of friends and because he was telling about it in his book and uh, he took a picture of the vacant lot where the house used to be from across the street when an invisible fist came along and punched him in the camera so hard that it flattened him out on the sidewalk. So he said, I don't know what that was, but I'm sure I got it on film, so... He took the film out of his camera and put it in his pants and zipped the pocket closed. And uh, a couple hours later, they were talking on the road on their way back to Massachusetts. And he said, well, I can't wait to get this film developed because whatever punched the camera has to be on this film. And with that, he felt his pocket and the film was gone. There were no no holes in his pocket. The zipper was still closed and the film was gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you see that? I mean, you know, so many things happen, and it's... Uh, it's don't underestimate the power, baby. I know. I mean, that's the whole thing. You just don't know. 
That's what my demonology class is going to be all about. I think you'll do a good job with it. You're a person of faith. I don't think you'll sell anybody a bill of goods, but I, I think your focus in the class sounds very good to me. Oh, thank you. So uh, I did I, Brian, did I tell you about the cross I have? No. I have this large, large uh, wooden cross, right, Maureen? Would you say it's wooden? Wooden? Yeah, isn't it a cross wooden? No. What is it? It's metal. The one that has the skull no, on it? No, it's not metal. Yes, it is. The inside's wood and it's silver on Anywho, the he's got this very large cross, Brian, that would take your eye out. But, uh, <laughs> it's, but <laughs> about five inches in size. And it has a skull and crossbones on it. Right. Yeah, that's supposed to be that you reflect on the shortness of this life. Oh, I do that. That's, that's sure. actually a Franciscan cross. It is? Yeah, that's one of the crosses uh, known as the Cross of St. Francis. Cool. Oh, that's very cool. So, yeah, you're supposed to reflect on the fact that life is short and you're a skeleton before you know it, so you better live your life right. That's what it's supposed to be. That, that's, I believe in that, that's for sure. Or but, about, uh, yeah. One of the things that, uh, that a lot of people know about are, and it is one of the places that you, can, you cannot investigate now uh, because they've closed it up, but you've been there, is actually Dudley Town. Oh, I heard they closed it off. I guarantee I could get in there. Really? I guarantee but I could. I, you, you can't you close off the forest. Uh, well, it's on private land. It's on private land, that's true, but it always was on private land. They never yeah, did they one. Have this, huh? They have this new trust now that, that's protecting it, and the cops come in and they run them off. Anyways, uh, you've had some interesting experiences there, I believe, right? Yeah. The real problem with Dudley Town and why they got protective about it was because there were some satanic cults up there. That's what the local people told me, that would go up to Dudley Town to conduct uh, satanic rites. And they mm -hmm. didn't want, you know, because there's people living in the area uh, that borders Dudley Town, and they didn't want unsavory characters carrying on sacrifices, and God knows what kind of people they were going out into the woods there. But, yeah, I had some experiences. I um, I went with my sidekick, Doug, there goes that word again, <laughs> to photograph uh, Dudley Town. And it was 96 degrees in the summertime, and it was freezing cold inside Dudley Town. There were, I didn't see even one squirrel, didn't hear the chirping of even one bird. And the whole time we felt as if we were being watched. The whole time. Mm -hmm. So I guess about dusk, and it's odd, you know, because the road, you can actually drive in, and the road is called Dark Entry Road. <laughs> oh, perfect. Dark Entry Road, and the trees are all hemlocks. So, oh. so about dusk, we saw something about, oh, let me, I, I would say about 50 yards away from us. And it looked like... It was in size halfway between a squirrel and a cat. It was black, and it moved over a log like an amoeba. It didn't have a head, and it just crawled over this log. And I said, Doug, look at that thing. And <laughs> he saw it, too. Huh. And uh, I said, don't blink whatsoever. Just keep staring, and let's walk right toward it and see what it is. And it slithered behind the log, and... Uh, when we got there, there was nothing there. But I got a lot of hits in there. And if you want 
I can try and dig up some of the photos of Doug, Dudley Town. Uh, there's this black guy, not black in the racial sense, but like a shadow man looking mm-hmm. down at me from a tree that I got a picture of. Wow. Um, his features were all outlined in white. But you, you know what, Brian? Next, next time you come up here, we we, we definitely got to set you up with the, one of our dining with the dead, which you can give a little lecture. Oh, I'd be happy to. That would be one. That would be great, great fun. Um, I will tell you another Bob Cahill story for any Bob Cahill fans out there. When we uh, moved to Arizona, uh, I guess it was uh, oh. November, I moved into my house, uh, which I had built outside Tombstone. And one day, I hadn't talked to Bob, talked to Bob Cahill in probably eight eight months or so. And uh, I was sitting in the living room, and I said to my son, "Gee, you know what? I wonder how how Mr. Cahill is making out these days." And he said, "Yeah, me too." He said, "You know, you should call him." I said, okay, let's do that. So I called him up in Florida, which is where he moved to, and uh, he answered the phone, and I said, how you doing, Bob? And he says, well, I haven't been feeling well lately. He sounded very tired over the phone. And I said, well, I'd love for you to come and visit now in Arizona. He said, well, Brian, to tell you the truth, my ghost hunting days are over. I said, yeah. I, I said, okay, well, we'll stay in touch anyway, and I put my son on. And he sounded totally different when he talked to my son. He was chipper. And my son said, gee, I wish you could make it here for a visit. And he said, well, maybe I will, you know. Well, we talked to him. I talked to him at least 10 minutes, and my son talked to him at least another 15. And uh, I didn't call him again for a year. And when I called, I got his wife on the phone, and uh, she told me that, he had passed away in June of 05, and we talked to him on the phone in November of 05. So he had already passed away five months before when we got him on the phone. Unbelievable. And you know, to me, it was the, the, the greatest gift a friend could give you yeah. is a salutation from the other side, because I remember when he was alive, I said, hey, Bob, you want to work out a deal? Whoever dies first comes back and tells the other one. And he said, oh, I've done that before with people, and, and they died, and I never heard from anybody. <laughs> so we dropped it out of the conversation, never another word about it, but I wound up talking to him five months after he passed away. Wow. So anyway, and if anybody was going to do it, it would be Bob, you know? Bob would be the boy. <laughs> right. He would be the one to talk to you. Right. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, because Maureen and I actually have our own little pact here. Yes, really? If, uh, one, yeah, if one of us bumps off, uh, we are... Communicating to the other one, maybe. Or haunting the crap out of each wait other. Wait a minute, what do you mean maybe? Hey, how about cutting me in on this? Okay, we will, we'll do it too. When you come here, we'll we'll have our own pack. Yeah, we don't want to tell it over the ear because like... You Which need... doesn't make sense to me because... Whoa, 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 whoa. If you tell it over the ear and the people hear it, then you get it, the verification later. You're afraid it's going to be everywhere, right? No, what I'm afraid is, say Leslie dies and she comes back... Oh, don't even side, bring up anybody's name on the chat room. Oh, Gavin <laughs> dies. <laughs> you know, I mean... Here's the deal. Here's the deal. No, no, no one wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Wait no a one. minute. <laughs> when, <laughs> when Brian comes to visit in the spring, right? We sit down. 
We write the sign down. We put it in envelopes and seal the envelopes. Okay. Put the envelopes away, right? Uh-huh. And we'll do three of them, and that way it's one for each of us. And then we'll put them away where everybody, our family knows where they are, but nobody can open them unless something happens. How's that? Sounds good. What? Then you'll, once the signs start coming, you can verify the signs by opening the envelopes. A sign from Ron, Maureen, whatever. This is a sign. That's I a good idea. Isn't that a good idea? You, you want to see so. a sign now? Keep your fingers behind you. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny. You know, Houdini tried to do that. And, and, right. and it never panned out until, um, I guess it was the last time his wife ever had a seance. And the message came through, believe, K, believe. So there really is uh, a heaven and a hell and purgatory after after this. Uh, but, yeah, we'll do that. That sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, I have to ask you, Brian, and, and if you don't feel comfortable talking about it or if you don't remember it, that's fine. But I remember the first time I met you in person when we were driving in the car going to our um Are you going to tell me that you had an instant crush on me or anything like that? Oh, always, Brian, I, always. I knew it. See, I knew that You're not supposed it. to tell anybody. Okay, I won't. <laughs> That's our pack. Just <laughs> her her, guess, her but, husband's she, packs a gun. Oh yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, no, we. You That's were why talking, I'm always in my best behavior. <laughs> we were we were talking about you know experiences, and yeah. you had mentioned something about, and I, I can't remember every little detail, but it really creeped me out, and I think our listeners would like to hear it. There was something about I think you said something about in a hospital or in a psychiatric ward there was something with blood. Oh and God, yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact. Can you talk about that or no? uh, Do I have to avoid naming which hospital it was? Yes, you can avoid the names of the hospitals. I mean, I could kill less. You can name anybody you want. (laughs) All right, I won't name the hospital, except I will say it was in Needham, Massachusetts. Oh, that's good. I haven't gone there. Thank God. (laughs) Man, what happened was that many years before this event, Somebody, there was a, a, an old lady with Alzheimer's in the room, and she kept ringing the call bell and saying, look, this woman keeps knocking on my window. And the nurses figured, well, she's Alzheimer's and stuff like that, you know. And and uh, she, she kept, she was insistent, can't somebody come down here and make her stop knocking on the window? So one, somebody finally went down to the room and they found that a woman on the floor above had tied sheets together and hanged herself oh. outside the window and her body was tapping against the window as if it was knocking. So what happened was that uh, there was this one room where they avoided putting patients where it was always freezing cold. <coughs> the staff, the, the, the nurses... When they walked past the room, even when it was empty, uh, would hear a voice call them by name. And uh, all the nurses were having the identical same nightmare every night when they went home uh, about a woman, an old woman in the room that was drinking blood. Oh. So one morning, I was, I was a respiratory therapist at the time, and I was doing my oxygen rounds, and the nurses came out to me and said, can you please come in this room? And it was dawn. It was already 6 a.m. The sun was up. We're, we're frightened to be in this room. We're taking care of a guy and giving him his morning care. And uh, we'd appreciate if he came in the room. So I, so I went down to the room, and what happened? It was a guy that had bladder surgery, so he had a catheter in place to drain out the urine and the blood. 
And he had a bag that had about 1,200 cc's, so a little more than a quart of of blood, mostly blood. So the nurses disconnected the bag and dumped it in the toilet, and then went back to giving him his care. And when they came back to flush the toilet, all the blood had been sucked out of the water. The only thing left was some white foam from the protein in the blood. Ooh. And they found, and moreover, the, the toilet wouldn't flush. For days afterwards, huh. maintenance went down, tried to fix it, and it just started up and started working again all on its own. But that's true, yeah. It's, there was a, an entity in this hospital, and still is as far as I know, that um, actually sucked over a quart of blood out of toilet bowl water. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, it's That's a disgusting gross. story, and maybe a lot of viewers would be troubled by it, but but it happened. It it, it actually it happened. Happen. Actually, actually, some, somebody was in the chat room here saying that uh, I don't believe anything you're saying. They don't he have to that. believe any of it. That's that's he up said, to them. Yeah. Who said that? I don't see that. I do. Anyways, that, uh, you know what it is? It's because you you say you say it so well. Okay, and you're saying it so great that it doesn't, it, it almost sounds non-believable, but we know that these things exist. Well, anyone that doesn't believe it, anyone that doesn't believe that particular story, if they ever, God forbid, need to be hospitalized, uh, make sure they get hospitalized and need them, and they believe okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have Anyways, experience. The number here is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, or join us live with the North Believers in the Toji chat room. Well, you know, Brian, I have to tell you, you know, growing up, um, seeing all the things I've seen and experiencing everything, and, you know, we always run into people that are like, ah, oh, you know, they're not believers, but, you know, that's fine. Everybody has their own perspective. But it's, it's difficult to explain to someone else you know, what it's all about when they haven't experienced it for themselves. That's why it's good to take them along with you and do a really hairy shoot that'll scare the bejesus out of them. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, work, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll openly invite and challenge the guys from TAPS to come with us on a shoot that I select. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ooh, I hope you're listening. Okay. Are we on the air now? We yeah, are right yeah, now. All right. <laughs> I would challenge anybody from TAPS, only they can't bring a gang of 20 guys with them. And well, they can come on one of our shoots, and they'll see the real thing. Um, you know, because what I've got picked out for us in the spring is just going to boggle the mind. You know, it's funny. The last One of the last things you said to me, I think you when I spoke to you when you were at the radio show with Don. I thought it was, get off my foot. <laughs> no, oh. um, you would come down. You were nice enough to come down to the radio show and do. A, we did a on, on a live presentation, oh, yeah, CCM, right? CCM. Yeah, yeah. and um, it was so funny. And I think we were talking about Dudley Town, and uh, you were saying you're thinking of moving and stuff. But then you said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll have to take you to Dudley Town." You turned to me, he's like, "You're like, yeah, Marvin, don't forget to bring an extra pair of underwear." Yeah, are you said industrial, industrial strength underwear. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, if you want to go to Dudley Town, I will take you there. Uh, we actually have someone else who uh, is uh, connected down there, too, which is great. Okay, um, good. Yeah. No, no, good. I'm not saying anything, uh, but it's cool. I mean, so if you have to no, get in good. and you get in trouble, you don't want to get in trouble, right? 
Who don't? Who don't? Who don't? <laughs> Who don't? <laughs> Who don't? <laughs> I've been thrown out of better places. Okay. You might, I mean, you know, whatever. I'll bring my daughter with me. First of all, Neither. Dudley Town, I'm, I'm pretty sure the land is for sale. Really? It's, it's being held in trust, but the land is for sale. Yeah, see, we're just prospective buyers. Yeah, well, well you don't have to be a prospective buyer. All you have to do is be a camper. Because oh, there the, you go. Because the Mohawk Trail happens, and this is something you won't read in any book, the Mohawk Trail goes directly through Dudley Town, and you cannot be oh. restricted from using the Mohawk Trail. Oh, that's interesting. That's a fact. So, you can hook up on it, and it says right outside Dudley Town, Mohawk Trail. So if you walk up the trail, it'll take you right through Dudley Town, and nobody can say boo to you. Ah, that's see, we didn't law. know that. Well, that's interesting. I'm always glad to help that. out a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, I, I, I hope we really get to go down and visit you, too. I mean, that would be fun. Arizona well, would I, You know what? I have always wanted to go to Arizona. You're a sickle. You'd love Tombstone. Really? Yeah, I've never like been the, to it. Don't worry. She's going to see a Tombstone. The, the, whole town, the whole town is, like, possessed by a spirit itself. It's, a, it's like saying the spirit of Christmas or the spirit of this or the spirit of that. Tombstone has the spirit of 1883, and it'll never change. I can imagine. If you die in Tombstone, you get a free burial place, and the whole town turns out, the dance hall girls, the gunfighters, everybody, and they wear period dress. Yeah. I'm I'm all for dance hall girls. Yeah. Well, we got to be dead and not able to appreciate them totally. Right. (laughs) Now, what are the... Excuse me. Uh, one, of the, one of the interesting places that you have shot uh, is uh, Old Hill Cemetery in Newburyport. My favorite spot. My and, favorite. Uh, My favorite. And, I'm going to shoot it again, too, because, uh, you know, I'm interested in history, and I got a lot of ghosts on film there that were wearing 18th century garb and stuff like that. So it's my, it's my favorite shoot. It's, and and you, while you we went down there, I've been down there a couple times with you. Uh, you told me about the Pierce tomb down there, which was broken into years ago. Yeah, the Pierce tomb and, was broken right? into three or four times. Well, guess what? In two thousand five, it was broken into again. Again? Again? They ripped the skull off the uh, uh, what was it? They ripped the skull off, off the final final and, and put it on the shoulder. Put it on the shoulder. Yeah, his picture taken with it. And they what? And so the guy, the kid wanted to have his picture taken, so he took the skull and, and like, twisted it off the spinal column and put it on his shoulder. Oh, they're all mummies in there, you know. They're still wearing the clothing of the 1830s and the 1850s. They busted a bunch of kids in 1926 because they were found going down the street wearing this clothing from the 1830s, and the cops knew something strange had happened, and so when they questioned them, they found out they had broken into Pierce Tomb. Pierce Tomb was broken into in 1990, 1926, uh, I believe 1985, and now you're telling me again 2005, which is why they picked on the Pierce Tomb, I don't know, because the Greenleaf Tomb is... I think that's interesting. Maybe someone put a curse on where you can't rest in peace. Yeah, and the kids can never explain why, and the undertaker has to go and wrap up the bodies again and stuff like that. 
Disgusting. And they did, several of them died of tuberculosis. So the last time in 1985 when they broke in, it was in the newspaper for the kids to turn themselves in because they could be carrying a strain of tuberculosis from 1838 that may not respond the same to drugs. And the kids turned themselves in. They were put in quarantine. They were. Yeah, they were. Now, well, you have to. Now, the last, yeah, last time they, they broke in, they actually had suits. They were they were all uh, suited up uh, when they went in to replace the uh, skull and so forth. You have to be. But right. there's other tombs there. I'm surprised. You know, from the 1700s and all, nobody ever breaks into those. No, you're right. You know, and there's right on uh, right on the side of the cemetery. There's three or four tombs there that all you have to do is take a a hammer, and you could hammer a hole right through the, the tomb door. And you'd be in there, nobody ever tries to break in there either, but it's only the pierced tomb that they keep picking on. And and the, the most haunted place outside of that is the jail right across the street from the pierced tomb. Yeah, that's owned by, a, I believe, a lawyer, and he won't let anyone in there. Well, it used to be owned by an architect, and he wouldn't let anyone in I could be an architect. I could be wrong. I, my, I may stand corrected on this one. Yeah. Because I attempted to contact him. In fact, I think he was still around, and uh, he gave us the, no, I don't think so. Well, that's okay, because if any time you want pictures of the jail, be sure and let me know. I already have pictures of ghosts in the jail, and there's nothing he can do about it, because I have permission to be there. Hmm. So I would uh, love to see these pictures, too, some of the pictures. I know that I was able to see some of them, and I have saw some that Ron has. But um, when you come visit, if you have you know other pictures you'd like to share, I'd be love oh, to sure. Them. Yeah, he takes out this big box like a shoe box and has them like all thrown in it. And it's it's like, like he's in the family. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, if you want to get in on another book, I have one already written, and all you guys have to do is add your own mark to it. <laughs> add one that of your own be- stories, and we'll uh, put out another book. <laughs> Sounds good. Got ten chapters to it with photos. Right. Oh, that sounds cool. Well, you should bring it with you when you come down. I will. No, I mean, of, of all the shots you shot with Bob Cahill his books, like for instance, uh, Haunted Happens is one of them. Uh, you're in a couple other his books as well. What was the most interesting one that uh, you shot with him? Joshua Wardhouse in Salem. Without a really? doubt. Yeah. Well, I, I can't say it was. Let's see. It was another place that was a close second, but Joshua Ward, yeah, because that's where I got seven seven of them on my first try. Oh wow! And I he, mean, in an earlier book he has uh, on ghosts, it's got a picture of one of them taken in front of the place with a Polaroid camera, real gruesome looking thing. But yeah. uh, Joshua Ward, because. Uh, I, I always have my cameras blessed anytime I go anywhere, and I brought a film crew from one of the local newspapers, and none of their cameras would work. Even they had one camera that was totally mechanical that couldn't possibly fail, and it wouldn't photograph in the house. Right. So, I mean, that's, you know, you would hear that's another things. Thing, that's another thing that you taught us. Uh, right. Right. We, we, we always bless our equipment. Well, we remember to apply. Well, we <laughs> talk about that a lot too right. to our listeners. Is that you know, I mean, some people get offended when you talk about blessing the equipment, and you know, hey, it's free will, personal choice. But you know, you get what you you know. If you don't protect it, then that's the result you get. 
Well, do you, weren't we together on, didn't we do that uh, America Stonehenge up in Salem, New Hampshire, weren't yes, we? Yes, we did. That was one of my first shoots. Uh, Maureen wasn't with there, but you, there, you and I did. That was, uh, I yeah, but if you, recall, we, if you recall, we blessed our equipment and it worked. And the mm-hmm. TV station, there was a TV crew there from New Hampshire TV. And I told them, I said, if you don't put holy water on the equipment, it isn't going to work. And they didn't believe it. And all the batteries drained out and died within minutes. So the only working equipment on that shoot was our equipment, if you remember. Right. Exactly. So they, they, they walked away believers on that score. They did. But anyways, uh, believe it or not, time is running out here on uh, our program. Brian, it was great speaking oh, with it, you it again. Was really good speaking to you with you. You know, it's been oh, a long anytime. time. Anytime. And let me know yeah, if you we'll let me know if you give will, me feedback. <laughs> yeah, we will definitely hook up with you, and we want to thank you so much for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. And yep. uh, thanks a lot, Brian. Thank you, Brian. To everyone Brian for listening. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <Yep. laughs> bye bye. Wow, that was cool, huh? Oh yeah, he, you know he's always amazing. It's great talking to Brian. It's, you know, it's been so long since we've really get the chance to talk to him. So it's good having him on. Right. So, anyways, uh, once again, I want, we want to uh, mention uh, we have do have some classes coming up from the new year, which is Ghost Hunting 101 again. We also have uh, Signs, which is a new one. Signs, messages from beyond, because mm-hmm. that's one of our most popular shows on iTunes in Ghost Village. Yeah, you know, we always get emails from people always, requesting always. for additional information yeah, exactly. on signs, and you know that that now that they've listened to the iTunes podcast, that they're experiencing similar uh, happenings. You know, they're right. seeing signs and they want more information. So, uh, hey, it's a new language almost. It's great. And uh, we will have also uh, voices of the dead spirit communication which will be a cool one. It's going to be investigating all the different methods of communication, all the way from uh, automatic writing to uh, Frank's tube and the shack hack and all that stuff, as, as well as uh, dowsing and, and so forth. And then the new one, which I just added, is Demonology 101. Oh, which will, I'm really interested That'll in be interesting. That'll I'm, be I'm interesting. really excited about doing it. I really am. Uh, uh, I was approached to do another class. I didn't want to do the same ones. I want to do something really, really interesting. Um, so it just came to me, so I figured I must. Hey, you know. everything happens for a reason. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, not to mention, it's funny, is I just finished finished up one of the chapters this afternoon going over it and just have to be writing about negative energy or some people that what they perceive as negative, demons, energy? negative oh. and demons and so forth. And I just think it's, uh, you know, it's definitely information, especially in this day and age that people need to hear. Right, and what they can do and to help themselves and protect themselves. And this Saturday, I will be broadcasting from Circles of Wisdom in Handover uh, with Stacy, so that'll be a lot of fun, too. Uh, come on down and, uh, you know... Say hello. Say hello, and uh, you never know who's showing up. I know we've got some surprises going on. Uh, we'll have some some CDs from the, some of our shows and uh, some more fake magazines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway... Yeah. Um, so we want to thank all our listeners all for our tuning listeners. in. And, uh, you know, join us uh, next week. We will have uh, our Frank Zappas' crew. So, From ghoulies uh, to ghosties. Tonight, beasties. And things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.